hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Hi, everyone. So this is episode 101, 101 Dalmatians, as I like to call it. And Em and I have not been in the same room for many weeks. And it is very weird. We haven't seen each other at all since long, long time ago, 2018. Uh, So this week we were planning on recording an episode for you all and then I ended up with a lovely trifecta of a sinus infection, a UTI, and six cold sores. So unfortunately we were not able to record as scheduled, uh, so we have this extra special episode that we were planning on releasing in a couple weeks uh, lined up for you guys. It's our show from Philly, from Punchline Philly. And we had so much fun at the show, and it's one of my favorites, Uh, so we've been saving this up to play for you guys. Uh, The audio of these shows is getting a lot better, so if that's a concern of yours, do not worry. And pretty soon, we are getting ready to gear up for our new shows, which are coming up soon. We have a lot. We just sold out Chicago. Um, We're almost sold out of Boston. And there are several shows, including Phoenix and some other ones coming up that still have tickets left. So please, please, please come see us. Uh, you can check our tour schedule at and that's why we drink.com slash live and that will take you to the list as well as the links to all the shows that are available. So keep an eye out. Uh, our Instagram, that's where we post new shows and be sure and buy tickets because a lot of them have already sold out. So we want to make sure you guys get a chance while you can. Uh, that being said, we are super happy to share this episode with you guys and we cannot wait to record the next several um 
which we're going to do this week and release while we're on tour. So don't worry, you're going to get a lot more episodes coming up. But for now, here's our Punchline Philly show, and it starts with a pretty banging tune. So get ready. So let's crack into the Sorry. Like a kid that's about to give a presentation that he has no idea about. We just flew in from Los Angeles. And boy, are my arms tired. Fun fact, he was a wonton. English is my first language. Is Tamra Holmes? What? Sassy with me. Sassy the clown. The clown is showing. Sweet, cool, sweet, sweet, sweet. Finish your drink. And that's why we drink. M doesn't M doesn't let me walk out anymore during the song. I have to wait, so I can't dance in front of you. I, I didn't say anything. I was like, we can go out and dance. <laughs> I just didn't want to. Last time I, I ran out and I was dancing, and then it was just really long, a really long song. Yeah, we didn't realize how long it was until no. we're just waiting there. Until we can and I was out. just gyrating, and it was <laughs> really not fun for anyone. Hi, Philly. <laughs> Hot damn. What's going on? I've never been here before. Oh, those aren't your notes. Get off my notes. You haven't been here before? Not to Philly, no. No, I haven't, and it is beautiful. They're like, mm. I've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> I came here on an eighth grade trip. <laughs> and it was a sleepover. Oh. We were a very bougie school. But that was the last time I was here, so I guess I'm no better. But Well, I asked my mom earlier today. I called her and I was like, oh, I'm in Philly. And she's like, ha, 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 Philly. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And she's like, I once decided to go on a vacation from New York to Philly when she was living in New York um, in her 20s. And she was like, so I got on this overnight Greyhound. And all I hear is a man going, whoever's, go or whoever's getting off at Philly, like, time to get off now. And she was like, I'm not going to Philly. I'm going to Philadelphia. <laughs> so she just stayed on the bus. And she's like, eight and a half hours later, I woke up in Cincinnati and thought, this is a cool town, and guess where I'm from? <laughs> is that really the story? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, she didn't move. She was like, this is a nice town. And then a few years later, she found a job there and was like, yeah, I went there when I was trying to go to Philly. And Oh, my God. Well, that's a great origin story, I so guess. So she loves, she loves to brag that it's called Philly. And I'm like, yeah, everyone knows that except you. <laughs> so it's okay. Well, while we're here, when in Rome, we had Philly cheesesteaks right. for lunch. And then our Uber driver was like, "That's you went to a very touristy, no. I don't remember. Listen, everyone's <laughs> shouting names. that They're all the names that we didn't I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Listen, we'll, we'll try again another time. Um, and do you have a reason why you drink? Am I putting you on the spot? We didn't prepare this. We didn't really. I mean, we're just happy to be here. I'm so excited to be in Philly. I mean, I've never been here. I'm so amped. Why do you drink? I always okay. forget. Um, I drink because, well, I'm glad that I am seeing, uh, there it is. Um, I'm trying to be discreet. I'm, I'm glad to be seeing a little change of pace because for the last uh, oh, week right. I've been in D.C. And no, yeah, huh? And... <laughs> Nobody knows this except the people who were at the DC Live shows, but oh my mother was my. in attendance. For both shows. And, oh, whoa, I know. 
she had a more red carpet affair than we did because ever in my life yeah she rented out a stretch limo a white white stretch limo a white stretch limo to take her from Fredericksburg to DC which is about an hour and then she filled it with a keg she filled it with a half a gallon of tequila several bottles of wine and vodka I wasn't invited and no. she, I got a text from her before she even got to the venue, and she was like, it's all gone. And then, and then the security guy comes in. He knocks on the door, and he's like, um, so the party started. And we're like, what happened? And he said, so your mom and some friends walked in with solo cups. And Full solo cups said that the leftover you booze. Said that M told them they were allowed to bring in their own alcohol. And we were like, <laughs> their, <laughs> we didn't know Their such own thing. open containers. And I was like, and which one of them told you that? And your mom. And I was like, no, she's, I in didn't In a red fur coat. It was a, quite an evening. Anyway, that's why I drink. I'm glad I'm in like a, a space of sanity now. So yes. Yes. thank you guys. Although I learned something really interesting about Christine and her, her, the way that she handles people being really, uh, oh feeling really stressed out. So I really was just panic stricken that my mom was going to get us kicked out of the venue. And so I started crying. It's okay. Because it was I found a panic inducing moment. It was me. truly just out of anxiety. Cause we all know my stage performance anxiety is like tops. So, uh, that between between that and my mom bringing like my all of Fredericksburg hammered to DC, <laughs> I started crying a little bit. Oh, I one stoic tear. One. And Christine, this is how she handled it. She went, "Hey, hey, hey, let's play Pictionary." <laughs> and Pictionary wasn't an option. She just it just came out. She was like, "Let's just play." Well, and I was, I was like, "What would I want to hear?" Anyway, I drink because I found out another very touching thing about Christine. It was so. a beautiful moment. And poor Eva was like, am I supposed to go get Pictionary? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. Anyway. All right. I've talked about my mother enough. It's, time, it's about me now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, I guess. You're here. So. Anyway. Hi, guys. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Let's, let's start off. Oh, you all, you're also going to see me bending a very specific way. Oh. Because apparently the, the computer is over here. Well, I think we can probably... The instruction said you can want, you can... Uh, what did the instruction say? Let's learn about this now. It said you can stroll. <laughs> it said you can stroll around a 30-foot conference room. Okay, let's see. Well, it didn't work. Shit. Eva! It was only $7 on Amazon. Wait, give me that. <laughs> Guys, actually, you just get our logo for the whole show. <laughs> wow! Um, it's off. Oh. It's literally off. Why would we trust me with anything? There it is. And That's Why We Drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, and in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for 
any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the u.s with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the u.s you can grow lemon avocado olive or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of house plants available fast growing trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days and along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee they offer free plant consultation forever i am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. 
Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So, now that I've gotten that out of the way, who would like to hear a ghost story? Me, 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 me. All right. I do this for suspense. What is it? This is the story of... Adding suspense here, you see? Oh, my God. I just like to be dramatic. I'm sorry. This is the story of the General Wayne Inn. Does anyone know... No. Nope. Great. We're all going to learn. We do appreciate the cheers. Sometimes it's just very quiet. I know. It's like, I think... Uh, it's like they either don't know it or they really hate it. Yeah, and then it's really awkward because really you have bad. to sit here while I talk about it for a while. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys seem neutral, at least. <laughs> Let's see if I really win you over. All right. The General Wayne Inn. Ooh. Oh, my. Ah. Look at that little so horse. So spooky. All right. The General Wayne Inn is in Marion Station. Do we know where that is? All right. It's apparently on Google Maps, 18 minutes away from Philadelphia. Great. And yeah. I like all of the, like, every, every, everyone People is so nice. Love it, love it. Everyone's like, yeah, 18 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, the house was designed in the style of a 1700s English coaching inn. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. Damn it, and, that was uh, fast. <laughs> originally, town meetings and different ghost hunting organizations would use this house to meet in the dining room for their events. So, for a long time, this is ghost hunting has been quite quite well known to this house. Okay. Because ghosts have been in this house since the 1700s. Whoa. Ooh. Old timey ah. ghosts. So, it was originally known as the William Penn Inn, the Wayside Inn. All right. Um, the Tunis Ordinary, Tunis Ordinary. Woohoo! Okay. Yeah. All right, doesn't matter. Um, and Streeper's Tavern before it got its current name in 1793. And it, uh, famous guests include George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Edgar Allan Poe, and General Mad Anthony Wayne, Kay. which is who the place is named after now. So it was, uh, built in 1704, and it was... Uh, starting to get used originally by a Quaker named Robert Jones, who got into the restaurant business and wanted to use it for travelers going to and from Philadelphia. During the 1800s, many people vacationed here and enjoyed dishes at the home such as squirrel ragu. Mm, yum. Until the 1930s, there used to be a glass window in this house that Edgar Allan Poe had scratched his, his initials into. Oh, that's kind of rude. And then they got rid of the window, so... I guess I didn't realize how priceless that was. Um, Before being an inn in a restaurant, it was also a post office, a general store, and a social center for newly arrived immigrants. Oh, why are you looking at me? 
Um, I saw that side eye. It is supposed to be the, uh, it's supposedly, I just spelt it wrong. It's supposedly <laughs> the oldest functioning inn in America. Cool. All right. So in 1995, there's a little true crime here before we get into the ghost stuff. Sorry, Christine. I mean, whatever. I steal it's your too thunder. late now. There were two best friends. Are you listening? Sure. Named James and Guy, and they bought the restaurant, and Guy was having an affair with the sous chef. Oh, no. Uh, the restaurant also was not going very well, and they were going into debt very quickly. The day after Christmas in 1996, James was murdered by a single gunshot in the restaurant's third floor office. <gasps> so not if things nice. go awry between us, this might be what? you. I don't, know. I don't what? know. I just like to... Keep, keep you involved keep in the story. Keep me on my toes. Got you it. You never know what's going to happen. Cool. So uh, evidence soon pointed to Guy actually being the one that killed his best friend. <gasps> mm. uh, like he literally just told me that, but I'm just still shocked. And uh, because he was the one who actually found the body, he also lied to the police and said that he never owned a gun when that gun was his. Okay. This sounds like a Dateline episode. And he... Uh, he also tried to make a claim on a large life insurance policy that he had taken out on James. Um, mm -hmm. Guy actually claimed that the, his mistress, the 20-year-old sous chef, Felicia, was the murderer. And uh, she had committed the act out of revenge because James did not approve of their relationship. The stress of her involvement in the case was too much for her, and she died by suicide. Aww. And Guy is now serving a life sentence. So now? Very quick justice was served. Wait, However, now? Huh? He's now serving? Well, yeah, as of when, like, like as of the late 90s. Oh, I thought this was in 1793. Oh. <laughs> I mean, no. I don't think he would still be alive. Um, wow. Oh, okay. I, I literally thought we were, like, 200 No, 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 1990s. Sorry if I didn't say that. Got it, got so, it, got it. Got it, got it. Um, so that was one of the many deaths oh, that happened okay. in this building. That's the one with the, probably the most detail. Um, also, fun fact... In 2006, um, just so I'm just going to tell you like the ending of this whole story. In 2006, this ended up getting bought out by a Jewish synagogue and is now renovated into a center for Jewish life. So that's where we stand today. Cool. All right. Moving on. Ooh, creepy and black and white again. So here are some of the other deaths and spooky things that happened. So a cook was beaten to death at the restaurant. Oh, uh, a Hessian soldiers were murdered here, some being burned alive in the basement. Oh. Um, and stories suggest that a Revolutionary War soldier got accidentally locked in the basement and died from starvation. Some say that one of the soldiers went down to get wine from the cellar and didn't know that there were actu like actually armed revolutionaries that are hiding and waiting to attack oh. him when he got there. A lot of people are dying in the basement. Um, psychics claim that soldiers were also killed by spies in the cellar and buried behind the walls of the inn. Uh, the earliest known experience uh, was actually in 1748 when... What? <laughs> I was like, shit, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> I know that was funny, but okay. Uh, when the inn... Listen, just take it. If they the laugh, inn was used as it. a local polling site during that year's election. And, uh, or, sorry, this is 1848. You were right. That was funny, because I messed up. <laughs> uh, when the inn was used as a local polling site during that year's election. 
Uh, at one point, one employee went down to the cellar to gather more ballots, and when she came upstairs, she told everyone that she had seen a soldier wearing a green coat with yellow lapels. It was uh, later learned that those colors were the uniforms of the Hessian soldiers during the revolution. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, many others saw this soldier for over 150 years. There's supposedly over 100 different experiences that people have seen this guy. With this one guy. This one guy. Aww. Um, one of the former hostesses of the inn said, it was around 3.30 in the afternoon and I was setting up for dinner and I heard someone calling my name over and over and over. I was really annoyed, and I turned to say, what do you want? And there was a man standing on the stairs, and he had a uniform on from the Revolutionary War. Uh, he looked like a general to me, and he looked so startled that I called him out that he just disappeared. And apparently he looked really surprised that she could see him at all. <gasps> oh, my God. So he was just trying to get he was her just attention. Her name, thinking and then all no of a sudden she notice. turned around. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he expected. But. I don't know either. But it happened. So. All right. Apparently, this guy is just popping up all over this house. Okay. And now we're at our first and that's why we draw. Oh, yeah. For those of you who don't know when that's why we draw is, uh, we put out a couple prompts before the show, and they're taken completely out of context, and we want people to send in drawings of what they think the prompt might be, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not knowing at all what the story actually is. So uh, this one was ghostly formal introduction. Okay. And... uh, I'll explain the prompt in a second, but this is what someone wrote in. Oh. <laughs> it's, us introdu- it's us being introduced via dimensional portal to Zach Baggins. Oh. <laughs> Look at him up there. Zach Bagel You guys, bites. my hair look, this. Your hair is so beach wavy. This isn't actually my hair, but I like it. I wish it was my hair. My hair is like morphing into my skin. Thank but you. I'm, I'm is, down with it. This is by Melissa, by the way. Yeah, thank Just you, Melissa, for this nightmare. Are you there? No. Oh. Is Melissa here? Are you no. Melissa? No. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks, Melissa, wherever you are. You never know. Are. Sometimes people are actually here. Anyway, so the reason that ghostly formal introduction even exists in this story is because... Wait, this is just the best. Sorry. I need to take a second. <laughs> Can I make this my new prof pick? Actually, I think we should make it my caller ID, and when I call only the Zach Baggins part... <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Hey. In 1970, uh, Mr. Bart Johnson brought the, or he bought the General Wayne Inn. And he grew up in the area and was well aware of the ghosts that he had heard about since childhood and knew that there were at least 17 different spirits in this house. Okay. So uh, he went to a couple psychics and they actually uh, demanded, the spirits demanded that they would be properly introduced to him. And so they all, one by one, spoke through the medium and told each of their stories to him. Okay. Look, allegedly. But uh, he learned why they couldn't rest, and uh, they also... Oh, it was just very, it was very well described in these stories that they were very polite and they were very, very orderly and nobody interrupted each other. (laughs) They had like a talking stick. Good to know. They're better than some humans, some live humans. Many live humans. um, Actually, this doesn't usually happen, but all of mine, that's why we draws are back to back. So uh, here is the next one. This is Judgmental Ghost. Okay. Not all of them were polite, supposedly. So this one's Judgmental Ghost. Oh my! I think someone. I think someone's here. What's up? Maria. Thank you. 
ew, is that really what you're wearing? And the other ghost says, Megan, we're literally wearing the same thing. <laughs> it's the most Megan thing I've ever heard. But look at her. I mean, look at those lash extensions, though, that Megan is wearing. <laughs> the side ponytail. Holy crap. That is truly what my seventh grade bully looked like. Like, actually. Bald everywhere except the ponytail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. <laughs> so I'll keep that That's up so for good. Christine's entertainment. Oh, it's really entertaining. So uh, all of the ghosts, although they were very polite, they stated that they were generally satisfied with the inn, but they had some suggestions for Mr. Johnson. Oh, so they were just passive-aggressive ghosts. Yeah, they were like, I love how you'll just wear anything. So... <laughs> Uh, they loved the dinner music. They start. They did like the classic, like start with a oh, positive, sandwich. Yeah. yeah, compliment sandwich. So apparently, they said they loved the dinner music, but they did not like how loud the drummer was. <laughs> so that was it's something very that specific. They requested. Also, they said that although they loved the tea, which makes no sense because I don't know why ghosts are drinking. Tea, I mean, who are you to? Apparently, say? they had high standards with the tea, and they appreciated what was being stocked in the inn, but uh -huh. the gin, beer, and wine didn't taste quite right to them. I mean... Which is absolutely the most Christine spirit thing I've ever heard. Listen. I'm still drinking <laughs> wine, and I'm not happy with what's going on. <laughs> Walt <laughs> Walt told us he likes gin and, whis or gin and whiskey, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, I guess Walt was here. He's allowed to have an opinion. So anyway, those were the two main requests of, you Can need you to get that drummer to shut up, and you need to get me better quality alcohol. That's also my request. For you. So there you go. <laughs> All right, my final, and that's why we draw, is Ghost in the Nude. Oh, for God's sake, I don't know what where this could is this going. mean. I don't know. After what you just showed me. All right, this is Ghost in the Nude. By this Stephanie. is a <laughs> a Playgirl spread or a Playboy spread, but play Ghost. And on the side it says. Ghostly Sophie bears all. I prefer to be nude. <laughs> What's he doing under your bed? Oh God! And how to keep the ooh and boo. <laughs> If the sheet is a fluttering, oh. and then they didn't finish. <laughs> You're supposed but to finish that yourself. Thank you, Stephanie, for it's freaking hilarious. The greatest pinup magazine I've ever seen. <laughs> Sexy, love it. So this prompt comes from the fact that the Hessian soldier came back up uh, to say hi during this whole very formal introduction, and he said his name was I think this is German Wilhelm. Mm -hmm. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Wilhelm. And he was killed in the Revolutionary War, and most of the time he liked to stay down in the cellar. Um, he said he couldn't rest because he was buried only in his underwear. <gasps> well, that's really scary that that is the thing that can make you, like, not rest easy. I wonder if life. it's, like, something that simple every time. Right? Like... Or was he just you, picky? You think you wouldn't care anymore, you know, at, at that point, but... I mean, I maybe... I don't know. So apparently, was, apparently it's a thing. I'm glad so I've been warned. He was the ghost in the nude, truly, is the point. Yes. Yeah, okay, got He it. was the ghost in the nude. Right, and right, he right. said the reason he was buried uh, in his birthday suit is because he was stripped of all of his clothes once he had died. Not just his uniform, but his brand new boots. Maybe that's what he's pissed about. I think so. Yeah, someone took his brand new boots. So another soldier could wear them. Someone basically oh, robbed him I of mean, his I'd clothes. be fucking pissed too. So, I mean, at least he's down there with the wine, right? Isn't that where they keep the wine? He's down there in his underwear with wine, just like Christine probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
talk to me in two hours. <laughs> he said that he was still searching for his uniform so that he could be buried honorably. That's really sad. I know. I know. But now we know his story. One of 17 so far. All right. You're not going to go through all 17. No, ma'am. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, here's a more updated oh. picture, I suppose. So here are some other ghosts that he did talk to with less interesting stories than being buried in your underwear. Okay. <laughs> here are some other ghosts. One is a little boy who lost... This one's really sad. I wouldn't Uh-oh. laugh if I were you. <laughs> Awkward. He lost his mother, and he has not stopped crying long enough to Come give on. any other details and about his Why would you tell us that? Afterlife. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, <laughs> Um, so two other spirits were young women named Sarah and Sadie, okay. who worked at the General Wayne Inn at one point during the mid-1800s, and their death, um, even they don't really want to talk about it in their afterlife, apparently, but they did talk about everything leading up, so they really just, like, gave us a tease. Okay. So they said, um, before they had died, one of the guests in the inn was a Persian rug seller. Mm, yeah, me too. And, uh... Apparently, this Persian rug seller was acting really shady one day, and he was waiting to meet a potential buyer, but the buyer never showed. And so the peddler asked the women to hold on to the rugs while he went to go look for the buyer, but he never came back. And then they found out that the rugs were stolen. Oh, no. And so it was apparently put... It was their responsibility all of a sudden that they had all these stolen Persian rugs. Right. And then after that, they gave no other information. They just said somehow they're related... That correlates with their death. That's sad. Um, So who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, They also believed that at the seance that Mr. Johnson was having, all of them were intruders, and they said they did not like them in their home. All right. Fun fact for you. Also, um, eight other soldiers besides Wilhelm Mm -hmm. also haunt the inn upstairs and in the cellar. So now there's nine whole soldiers. Um, And... There are two others that live there that um, don't speak. They only appear, which is just the worst. (laughs) Um, In 1976, another Hessian soldier named Ludwig. Ludwig? Okay. Sure. Uh, He appeared, but he was not a part of this. uh, He wasn't a part of the seance that happened a couple years beforehand. He just showed up as a brand new ghost. And he showed himself to one of the guests named Mike. And he began to appear every night at 2 a.m. in Mike's bedroom, sitting on his bed, and then eventually sitting on his chest. No. Nah. That's not very nice. He asked Mike to dig up his remains because he said he... While he's sitting on his chest? Casual. Jesus. He said he was killed in the Revolutionary War, and his bones were buried in the cellar wall in the inn. Uh, Asked him to dig up his remains and bury them in a cemetery. And Mike actually believed this enough to go to Mr. Johnson and get permission to dig up the cellar. And Mr. Johnson was like, why, why not 18 ghosts instead of 17? Sure, go ahead and take <laughs> apart the walls of my building. God damn. And Mike excavated the cellar and actually found an unknown room under the parking lot of the inn. And Holy shit. then he found pottery and unidentified bones. Holy shit. So he found him. He found him. So after burying the bones properly, Ludwig came back, still sitting on his chest. No, see, that's where you're, you're like, you know what? You did your job. Don't but sit on him anymore. He showed up to say thank you. It's like, can you thank me in All right. any Aww, other way? But he's still sitting on his fucking chest. Can yeah. he write him a little note? 
Yeah, can you just say thanks in like in a whisper and then God, never come damn. back? <clears throat> so this is more of what the side of it kind of looks like today. So we're going through the years, if you can't tell. So a few years later, Mr. Johnson tried to get some evidence that the spirits were actually stealing alcohol because it had been going <laughs> missing. Was there a teenager living in that house? Because I feel like that's the best excuse My ever. first thought would be the staff, but apparently someone then went back to him and said, hey, remember that seance forever ago when they were being really like picky about the alcohol and right. then you got better alcohol and now it's all gone? Ah, so okay. he went to go uh, get some tape recorders and equipment, and he believed that the spirits were to blame after several nights of hearing people in the bar when nobody was actually there and the building was locked up. So I feel I feel less bad for these ghosts now, though. I, I mean, they're partying. They're partying hard in their they're underwear. Like Linda in the limo. That sounds great. He uh, oh, so he borrowed a tape recorder and he picked up sounds in the empty building. And he, the sounds that he picked up were several swiveling bar stools, the water faucet being turned on, and a glass catching the water, um, the doors opening and closing by themselves, and one guest actually at the same time was peering through the inn's bar window to see if it was open, and he found a guy dressed as a Hessian soldier slumped over at the bar while the bar was actually locked and all the lights were off. Ooh, creepy. Um, many guests have seen an apparition of a woman dressed in a long white skirt and a long sleeved blouse rush past them. And some have even tripped because of her dress, which is apparently <laughs> worth mentioning. Uh, um, I mean, it is kind of funny. Well, apparently Mr. Johnson himself has tripped over her multiple times. And then when he turns <laughs> around to be like, whoa, watch out. I don't know. <laughs> it says whatever he wants. <laughs> That's what you would do. <laughs> he turns around and no one's there. Um, so staff have also found water in the open drawer of the cash register, even when they were the ones who locked up the night before. So it's wide open, and now there's, like, random liquid in the drawer by itself. Sounds like a... And no money stolen, so... Sounds like a college I don't know. party. Yeah, it just sounds... Like vodka is ending up in just all the wrong places. Uh, mixer attachments and clean towels have been thrown all over the kitchen. They have also been thrown at the staff. Um... <laughs> Both front doors have been found unlocked in the morning after being locked that night. And one soldier actually scared one of the employees who was sweeping in the dining room because he walked up to him glaring and growling and then walked through him. Oh, well, that's not. And then that guy quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. I don't blame him for that one. German soldiers have been seen all over the inn, eating in the dining room, talking to each other, sitting at the bar and hanging around upstairs. The soldiers also enjoy blowing on the necks of the young women sitting at the bar stools. Gross. And the website I got this from, like, was clearly written by, like, a guy who doesn't understand that that's not cool. Because he kept being like, this romantic. I was like, no, no. I was like, if I think he thinks it's okay. And it he's justifying it because ghosts do it or what something. If, what it if was, it's just him and he's just being a creep? I, he was like, isn't it funny how ghosts do that? And it's like, no, don't Yuck. do it. Don't do that. Uh, the soldiers have a mischievous habit of playing tricks on Mr. Johnson's wife. So one time she was trying to help the accountant on the third floor, and she was having a hard time adding up all the numbers on a calculator. And I don't know when this was written, by the way, because calculator was literally called adding machine on <laughs> my notes. Oh, my God. I was God. like, I'm going to take a stab in the dark. And it was an abacus. Yes, yeah. 
<laughs> so after trying several times to add up the numbers, she kept getting all these numbers wrong. She didn't know why. And so she tested the calculator and put in 2 plus 2, and it was the answer came out to be 53. So apparently... Oh, that's actually a hilarious prank, though. Yeah, so they were just... And they have been known to apparently mess with other electronics in, and the, then it in typed the building. boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it blew on her neck and then wrote boobs with a five. Yeah. That's what I would do. She immediately suspected that someone was messing with the calculator, so she screamed at the soldiers and said, guys, get out of the room. I'm trying to work. And then everything went back to working fine. Oh, so she knew it was a ghost. She, apparently, they fuck with her all the time. That's so, she so was sad like, for her. She was like, get out. I'm trying to add two plus two. It's not a good day. (laughs) Poor lady. Poor lady. So. Oh, Jewish life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is where we are today. This is present day. Cool, cool, cool. Bad. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa. Security. I was like. Just kidding. Shabbat shalom. Okay. (laughs) So, other experiences. Uh, There have been, uh, aside from the soldiers, because they seem to really be taking most of the rap here. Right. Uh, There have been frequent sightings of a beheaded soldier, and his head often appears to employees on a pantry shelf. Oh! Usually when they're looking for food. No! And then where they know the food is, they find a head in front of the food. That's so mean. The ghosts of several women around the inn are seen sitting at the bar together, and then they vanish. Um, there have been a few times where people have tried to sit at the bar and it looked packed and then they blinked and then it was totally empty. Um, Mr. Johnson claimed that once there was a loud bang that came from the other side of the room he was in and him and his friends looked over and saw a cannonball rolling across the floor. (laughs) When Mr. Johnson stood up to, uh, go grab the cannonball, it vanished in his hand. Jesus. Uh, Beds have unmade themselves and pulled blankets off of people while they were sleeping. And shadows of soldiers have stood in the corners of rooms and stared at you while you slept. Right. Right, Don't mind me. Right. (laughs) Everybody, don't Uh, worry about it. Coffee, just like the booze, coffee will go missing in the morning. So you can leave (laughs) your coffee cup out and the whole cup will be gone. That's me. I love these ghosts. (laughs) People will get locked in rooms that don't have locks on them. And hangers will be heard rustling around in closed closets. Mm. It's that guy looking for his uniform. Maybe. Maybe Maybe he's looking for more than his underwear. Maybe. Um, After one of the parties that Mr. Johnson hosted, apparently a lot of guests went up to him and said that they really enjoyed the hired actor dressed in period clothing that interacted with everyone. That is creepy. And he was like, that was not a (laughs) thing. No. No, he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, extra tips, Also, it would suck if, like... The guy that everyone remembered at the party yeah. was like someone Somebody who's like wasn't dead and there. wasn't there. How sad for you. It's like, ooh, I guess I'm not the social butterfly I thought I was. Um, the most famous ghost at the restaurant is Edgar Allan Poe. He was a frequent visitor in the 1940s and, like I said, scratches initials into the window. He also wrote part of his poem, The Raven, at the end. Whoa. And guests report seeing him sitting by the window, either looking out the window or writing in his journal. And then I didn't put this in my notes, but I do want to mention it. There was a guy, I, I'm really going to butcher because I didn't write the notes down, but uh, there was a guy who apparently had a near-death experience that brought him this power where he can now speak to ghosts. And so in 1995, there was actually an article in a newspaper that came out called Meet the Ghosts of General Wayne Inn. And he personally spoke to Edgar Allan Poe and told you everything that he experienced in the hotel. And Edgar Allan Poe is listing off all of these 
stories that he actually wrote at the end. The only one that they can really confirm is the, the Raven. But okay. I like there's no I can't back that up. So I kind of just left it out of the notes. But there is an article somewhere All right. written All right. by ghosts apparently. It's in the news, so it must be true. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Not fake news. No, no such thing. So um so guests oh yeah, guest reports seeing Poe writing in his journal or staring out the window. And in nineteen eighty eight there was a parapsychologist named Michaeline Mayer. And she conducted an investigation at the inn where she actually had three different mediums go in on their own um, in the dark without any knowledge of the inn and uh, just walk through and mark X's at spots where, she, where they thought that something supernatural might have happened. Okay. Um, then he brought in three people who did not claim to be psychics or mediums and had them go through and try to figure out if anything supernatural might have happened in those areas and then put an X where they thought something might have happened. And they basically kind of just guessed based on how spooky the room looked, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, if you don't have the power and someone's telling you to go use your power, <laughs> I don't know. They just, they just put X's wherever they wanted, I guess. But the findings ended up being that all of the mediums who didn't know any of the information about the inn or any of the spirits that were there, they actually ended up nailing all of their gut feelings that things happen in all of those spots. Really? Whereas the people who were not psychics and tried this, they were got a, they failed every time. They were like, there are so many cobwebs in this corner. Right. <laughs> Something happened here. But one good thing that came out of that study that happened at this inn is that uh, mediums and psychics got a lot more credibility to their name because their gut feelings were correct well, and actually good. corroborated with a lot of the stories from witnesses and staff. That's good. So um, that's a fun fact for you. And then... Jesus, you're saying that a lot today. I know. Well... And then the, uh, my favorite little note that I left at the bottom is, we all remember the beheaded head. Oh, I remember it. Um, I remember it well. Apparently, someone has walked into the bathroom, and it was spinning on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's giving himself a swirly. I don't. <laughs> that being said, that is the story of the General Ooh, Wayne Inn. That was good. And then here is Christine's story, but I don't know what it is. Yay! I love ending on a toilet. I love ending on a disembodied swirly. All right. You had a lot of options for keywords, for, uh, and that's why we draw. I did. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know. I feel like if I gave people the opportunity to do disembodied swirly, I really didn't know what was going to come through. <laughs> You're right. We gotta we gotta like uh, put a line somewhere. In DC, one of my words for and that's why we draw was phallic worshippers, and that was I don't know why you did that. A mistake. Poor Eva had to like organize the email. It was just like all the dick pics you never wanted, but hand drawn. I I regret it. I'm sorry, Eva. It it was not a good time for anybody. Moving on. A lot of people spent a lot of time on those, too. It was like that montage in Superbad where it was, yeah. like, all of those drawings, like, dick, 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 dick. Yeah. And then my mom was at the show, and I was like, oh, brother. So, <laughs> anyway, another reason why I'm happy to be in Philly. <laughs> no dick pics today. All right. Okay. So, this, I'm going to cover the story of Arsenic Incorporated, a.k.a. the story of the South Philly Poison Ring. Dun, dun, dun. I've never heard of that in I my know, life. It has quite a lot of nicknames. All right. So we're in Philly in the 1930s, Great Depression. 
25% unemployment rate, which was actually a lot higher than the rest of the country. So Philly had like a lot higher uh, unemployment rate. Um, half a million people in the city were out of a job. And there were two guys named the, oh, I forgot I was going to look up how to say this. Oops. Um, <laughs> let me say the Petrillo cousins. Okay. Petrillo, sure. So Paul Petrillo was a reputable tailor. He had emigrated from Naples in 1910, and he was known as Paul Petrillo, the tailor to classy dressers. Ooh, very oh, nice. What a name. So, um, like I said, Great Depression. So he actually lost his shop and was fa facing financial ruin. And meanwhile, his cousin Herman Petrillo uh, emigrated to Philly as, okay, hold on. Let me take a photo first. Hold on. Wait, hold on. There he is. There's Herman. Okay. So this is Herman. Uh, meanwhile, Herman emigrated to Philadelphia as a spaghetti salesman. What? Dream job. Yeah. 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 Dream job. I know. And I was like, wow. Like, I looked everywhere, and it was just casually a thing. Like, he was just casually a spaghetti what salesman. What year was this? Uh, 1930. Okay. So he was a spaghetti salesman, um, but they also ca called him because, you know, the newspapers were all, like, trying to find flashy way to s ways to say things. So they called him the pasta peddler. <laughs> and so I didn't even, like, make this up. The, the first and that's what you draw is literally pasta peddler. And I was like, we'll see what happens. So this is what I got from Corey. That's exactly how I imagined I it, know. though. I mean, that's so well, accurate. Well, I will say, I will say it was, it was hard to pick... It was hard to pick because every single person sent me a, a drawing of a man in a trench coat flashing everyone with noodles. And I was like, I just got to pick one. But I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly one. what one yeah. would think. Every single one was a guy in a trench coat flashing everybody. He was like the original Postmates. I imagine someone just walks <laughs> up to your door and is like, hey, do you want some a ravioli? Freudian slip, we're very hungry we for spend, ravioli. We spend too much time together. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, he was literally a pasta peddler. It wasn't even out of context. That's probably what he looked like. Um, so, after trying... Okay, so he was like, well, I can't... I guess, I guess in Naples, he could do that for a living. But when he got to Philly, he was like, I can't make a living doing this, so I need a new job. So, he tried being a barber for a while... Um, and then he decided there were easier ways to make money, you know, like arson. Yep. Yep. And then very quickly, uh, he realized, uh, that that wasn't going to work because within like a few weeks, they were like, you've burned down 10 buildings. Well, at least he's good at it. He's not really. Cause they were like, you just burned down 10 buildings. You don't get money out of this. And he's like, Oh, I understand. I'm I just thought broke. like cashing things on no, fire. No, he's very good at setting things on fire. Right, right. Okay. Just not for his own benefit basically. I hear you. Right. So he, he and Paul decided they were going to team up and pull their resources. So Paul had recently picked up the fine art of counterfeiting money and was running an insurance scam business out of the back of his tailor shop to the classy dressers. You know that one. Oh yeah. Um, and he would target the sick and elderly and basically make them like, like convince them to buy these plans and then just wait for them to die because they were elderly and sick. And then he would list himself as a cousin or a brother and get the money. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay, note taken. Okay. Um, so they decide to partner up and decide, a new, uh, decide to start a new business venture. Quotes. Uh, either, okay, so, da -da 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 -da. sorry. Enter. I don't know what I'm talking about. Enter <laughs> a guy 
named Morris Bulber. Good. I yeah. like where this is going. He's a Russian immigrant gang member. Let me show you a photo. There he is. And like, oh, he went to Eastern State. Just, just quick aside. I picked this photo because it's his uh, mugshot from Eastern State Penitentiary. <laughs> just a little throwback to your episode back in the day. Thanks. Just for you. Um, so this is Morris Bulbert. Now, this mofo has quite, quite a colorful past. So he started university in Russia when he was nine years old, uh, graduating when he was 12. Uh, he became obsessed with mysticism, and in 1905, he decided to study uh, with a sorceress. And he lived with her for five years, learning to make potions and poisons. And apparently, use it, like one of the things she taught him was like, a knife is a, a witch, the witch's most powerful weapon. And I'm like, I mean, it's a knife. Like, it's, it's a lot. Pretty powerful, of, regardless of whether or not you're a witch. <laughs> it's a lot of people's most powerful weapon, but whatever. So she's like, you could do a lot to people's lives with this knife. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but okay. Um, so anyway, so he studies with, <laughs> he's basically her apprentice, right? This witch's apprentice. And he decides eventually to emigrate to Philly, sets up shop as a faith healer, and he just casually puts the initials DR in front of his name on the storefront. Oh, right. Okay. To make it look like he's a doctor. <laughs> so it's just like Dr. Morris Bulber. Dr. Sorceress. He was not a doctor. But back then, I guess you could just fucking do that. Um, so he, in 1932, he had a female patient who came to him with complaints of her husband cheating on her. <laughs> I guess you could see So he's the, a therapist? I don't know. He's a faith healer slash doctor. Slash knife wielder. I'm not really sure what's going on. So she shows up. She's like, my husband is cheating on me. So Morris and the Petrillo cousins, who were, by the way, friends at this point, they had somehow just found each other, um, they decide uh, to hatch a plan where Paul would seduce women who were unhappy in their marriage and might be interested in reaping the benefits of their husband's deaths. And then Herman, oh, who, by the way, fun fact, fun fact, was a, uh, a, also a part-time actor. He's really trying everything. Um, Wait, who, which one's the part Herman, one of the cousins. The spaghetti the guy. The spaghetti salesman. Got it. Pasta peddler. He's also an actor. Um, and he would play the part of the husband, purchase life insurance, and then make a couple payments, and then they would murder the real husband and then get the insurance benefits and split it three ways. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I got it. Oh, you do get it. I got okay. it. I was just like, whoa. Cousin Paul seduces the yep. woman. Yep. Then Herman plays the, the husband and, like, signs up for a life insurance policy. Got they it. murder the real husband, and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, no, he signed up for this policy, and now he's dead. And then they would, the wife it. would reap the insurance and share it. Right. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Don't worry about it. So Herman liked to call this process of murdering men, quote, sending them to California. It's kind of like when my mom sent my cat to the farm. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, she's, oh, no, she sent, she sent my cat to Texas. Yeah. Where she, but then she actually did. And I was, I like, expected the whole farm are thing. you sure <laughs> no she did she well i don't know she could have planted pictures in the beginning but she like i got pictures of the cat often listen here's the thing and you also got a letter from the spongebob fan club that can confirm my so my mom here's okay let's just travel back to my mother for the thousandth time 
Um, She's I, still here with us today. I, I had braces twice. Once because it was necessary. Twi- the second time because I wasn't feeding the cat and that was my punishment, apparently. My, what my, the fuck? My mom was like, if you don't feed the cat, then I'm going to put braces on you. And I was like, do it. And then she did. She's not... Look, thank God there was only one child she was supposed to raise. Holy I, I made it crap. Out. But then that cat, apparently there was a whole family with like four kids who wanted the cat. And then she just gave the cat away, but the cat lived in Texas and she didn't tell me. And then one day I came home That's and I was really like, where's the mean. cat? And she, well, then I got a dog. <laughs> I don't really know. My mom's parenting was not great, guys. This Why is, didn't you tell this story yesterday when Linda was in the audience? Um, I was too busy describing the amount of alcohol she put in her system. Oh, that's true. That's true. There it's were... amazing I made it out of Virginia, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, moving on somehow with this murder. Listen, I don't know. She'll let you do your thing. Um, sending them to California. Right. Oh, right. And the cats in Texas. Right. There right. Yes. So uh, that was my second worst Cali vacation. Because I'm thinking sending someone to California sounds great, but not if you're uh, giving him arsenic. So this was my thing. And here's the thing that I accidentally did. I made a, I made a little mistake, but it's fine. Uh, I accidentally opened some old And That's Why We Draws because I was misreading the folders. And I was going through some of them. And I was like, oh, this one's perfect. And it <laughs> was from an old prompt, which was uh, the Disneyland nobody wants to go to or something. But I was like, oh, this is so perfect. So <laughs> I just stole so it. So you used it anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I kind of cheated. But this is um, the Disneyland no one wants to go to. And I will explain. It's hard to read, but I'm going to just tell you what it says because it's so fucking good. Okay. This is from Christian. It says, it's a picture of Disneyland uh, that nobody wants to go to. And over here it says, merry-go-round of insecurities. Um, (laughs) Temporary solutions. Student loans. A student loan mascot. Um, There's uh, Mr. Toad's wild ride of responsibilities. There's uh, taxes. Taxes. Uh, oh th- th- my gosh. There's taxes that say I've been waiting. <laughs> Bad grades, student debt, uh, anxiety. I mean, you know. I mean, he, he Christian hit all the right spots. There's a li- a beautiful little happy cloud that says crippling depression. <laughs> oh, oh, my favorite one. My favorite one. The mountain that says you don't matter, horn. <laughs> Anyway, I just was like, holy shit, this is really clever. And then I was like, oh, this is the r- a folder from September. But it is still the worst California. Va- I mean, it's the it worst is. vacation in general, I mean, it's I think. literally the worst experience anywhere ever. So I, I just used that one instead. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. It's fine. So, all right. So they're sending men to California, quote unquote. Um, and the victims, uh, Ralph, the first two victims, Ralph Caruso and Joseph Arena, were drowned and bludgeoned on fishing trips. And a third was bludgeoned and then run over by a car. Um, and they were truly just reaping the insurance benefits from these people. How many people was that for? That was the first three. First three. Okay. Yeah. So um, meanwhile, the depression is just getting worse. Um, the group has committed about a dozen murders. Oh, sorry. We skipped ahead. Oh, <laughs> we went from three to a dozen. We're okay. at 12 now. Uh, at this point, the Petrillos are basically heading an informal gang because they've just brought in so many other people into this, like, ring of people. Um, and they're heading this informal gang, and it's called Arsenic Incorporated, which also sounds kind of like 
like AFI's sister band. It's Arsenic Incorporated. I mean, it sounds like a band that we all would have listened to when we were 15. and That I would play in the really green... Really angsty. That I would play in the green room after some 41, and you would be like, Christine, you need to get it together. Which is what yeah. happened, Which is what happened. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Jeez. Um, I have eclectic taste. <laughs> we went from I Mika don't. to some 41. <laughs> Listen, I'm a wild card. It's fine. <laughs> So, Philly poisoning, right. Um, so, <laughs> one woman that they had kind of like roped into this gang, her name was uh, Maria Karina Favato. She was a faith healer, and her community called her the witch. And to be clear, she did not call herself a witch, and that was kind of just part of the culture of the day. She was doing things people didn't understand, so the first thing they just jumped on was witch, just to clarify. Got it, got it. Um, She considered herself a matchmaker, actually. She utilized curses and potions to help women move on from unhappy relationships to new men, and the potions actually were really, um, really effective uh, because they were arsenic. Got it. So she was. So she was really doing she a was, job, a good a job, job. At a job. Got it. She was really good at getting rid of a bad relationship, or ending it, ending it, ending in, it for good in Got her it. own special, special way. Um, so when like the husband or the lover would die, um, they would have already taken out a life insurance policy on them, and then the group would split the money. So basically, the same kind of thing. But she was just like posing as this matchmaker. Um, another fun fact. Uh, Maria had already killed three men in her own family, uh, two husbands and a stepson, with arsenic. Uh, so she was very talented at that. So I, she, wait, she, her own family? Yeah, two of her husbands and a stepson. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, Got it. it's not good. Um, and it, by October 1938, Arsenic Incorporated had about 24 members. Um, but this, I mean, obviously, I feel like when you get to a group of the size of any situation, things start to unravel. So um, police were getting suspicious because so many Italian immigrants in the area were dying of suspicious circumstances, a.k.a. every time they died and checked their blood, they had just elevated levels of arsenic. And they just happened to be in the same community. So it was like very clear what was happening. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. They were like, something's going on. Um, And then there, luckily enough, was a break in the case. Arsenic Incorporated had tried... <laughs> Arsenic Incorporated. I can't take that seriously. It sounds so fucking stupid. All right. Arsenic Incorporated had tried repeatedly to poison a man named Ferdinand Alfonsi with no success. Um, so when an upholstery cleaner named George Myers approached Herman Petrillo to ask for a loan to sta- save his business, Herman decided this was a perfect opportunity to pay George Myers the five thousand or $500 if he killed Ferdinand Alfonsi for them. So he's like, I'll give you the loan, but only if you kill this guy for us because we haven't had luck yet. He was instructed to hit Ferdinand Alfonsi with a lead pipe, then drag him up the stairs and throw him down the stairs to make it look like an accident. Got it. Yeah, they're really... I remember he went to acting school, so... Right, he was really good at acting like he was throwing someone down the stairs. He knows what he's doing. So this guy, George Myers, this upholstery guy who just wanted, he just wanted to save his freaking carpet business. He's like, I don't know. I didn't ask for this. So he immediately goes to the police. Um, oh, nope, he didn't. He went to the U.S. Secret Service. Sorry. Oh, he really, <laughs> he really got help. You know, <laughs> that. Riff for a second. I need a drink. Uh, riff. Uh. 
You did great. You did good. You did really good. Thank you. I love being put on the spot. Yeah, look, you made everybody clap. It was amazing. Thank you. I'm a clown. I'm all about the magic. Yeah, so. that's right. Um, so they were already, I guess, like eyeing Herman and Paul for the counterfeiting money because they had been doing this for so long. So uh, the U.S. Secret Service was like waiting for a break in this case already. Um, so when George showed up, they were like, great, we're in. So they, uh, one of the undercover agents posed as a hitman and contracted with Herman. He basically went up to him and was like, I'll kill Ferdinand Alfonsi and throw him down the stairs and hit him with a pipe and whatever for $500. That's it? Wait, what year was this? 1939? Okay. Something like that. In the 30s. Okay, got it. I would. Yeah, just, someone's just like, oh, I'd do that for, for 500 bucks. Um, okay, so... They so he's like, oh, I'll do it, and they're like, okay, great. So they're really just inviting any anybody into this. It's just becoming like the island of misfit killers. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, So they, this undercover agent is like, I'll do it, and they're like, okay. Um, But before uh, this undercover guy could kind of get in on this plot, um, Ferdinand Alfonsi ended up so sick that he was admitted to Philadelphia's National Stomach Hospital. I don't know. Some people are really excited about that, and some people don't really I think know. What's everyone's going. very confused. <laughs> so I looked it up because I was like, "That can't be real." It sounds like something I made up because I didn't know what the actual name of the hospital was. That's what it was actually called. It was called the National Stomach Hospital, and I was like, "I want." That's where I belong. <laughs> I need to go there, um, but unfortunately, it is now defunct, and it is now some other lame hospital with not as cool of a name. So National Stomach Hospital was a real place. I didn't make it up. Um, But so that's where he ended up. Um, And then the hit was called off because he was hospitalized and they couldn't really throw him down the stairs uh, subtly while he was in the hospital, you know. Um, But before he died, (coughs) uh, Ferdinand Alfonsi actually told police he had applied for life insurance several times but uh, his wife intercepted the mail and kept telling him he wasn't approved for life insurance. But it turns out she was just like, he was getting approved for all of these different life insurance policies and she was just like collecting them. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at his death, she would have received more than $8,000, which today is $136,000 if he Ooh. had died. Oh my goodness. So unfortunately, he actually didn't survive. And when they tested his urine sample, uh, they found large quantities of arsenic in it. So they had been trying to kill him for, uh, like, months. And they were basically just right, giving like piling him... piling up. Yeah, they were <laughs> fucking... You know science. They're just piling right, up... Right, just piling up arsenic. Arsenic. <laughs> so his urine was just full of arsenic. So uh, at this point, the police are like, great, well, we got him. Like, this insurance fraud. And obviously, they poisoned him. So Herman was arrested for homicide... Um, but they were worried that now that Alfonsi was dead, they wouldn't get enough information to put Herman away. But to everyone's amazement, Herman wouldn't shut the fuck up <laughs> and was like, let me tell you about everything I've done. Oh, my God. In the last few years and how talented I am. Um, and so he gave them this like mind-boggling list of all the victims, all the conspirators, uh, he told them that Paul, his cousin Paul and Morris were the masterminds behind the whole operation. He explained that all but three of the victims were killed with arsenic, and then the three were the ones that were, like, drowned or hit by the car at the beginning. 
Gotcha. Before they developed their new arsenic plan, I guess. Right. Uh, before they were arsenic ink, you know. <laughs> before they were established. <laughs> right. Um, so when they put Morris uh, himself on the stand, the guy, the Eastern State dude, uh, when they put him on the stand, he confessed to lying to clients. Uh, he said he would charge to rid people's houses of evil spirits um, and that he once put a frog in someone's basement, leading them to believe there were evil spirits down there. And then he... What? And then... <laughs> I'm sorry. You put a frog in the basement? Yeah, and then he's like, that noise, do you hear it? Couldn't anyone just like go <laughs> in the basement and it's be like, a, oh, it's a frog? It's a demon. No, they didn't know. Okay. I don't know. Look, listen, I'm not blaming you. Moving on. You <laughs> listen. As someone who knows you pretty well, if someone, if you, this, if you heard like a croaking noise in the basement and a psychic was like, "That's a ghost," you'd probably believe it. Am you're I wrong? Right. Yeah. You're right. No, no you're I'm right. right. You're I know. Right. Just, I'd just be like, I'm not going down there. You can, you can grab the demon frog. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so he said he would put this frog so he'd put a frog down there and be like wow do you hear that horrible horrible noise that is a demon and then he would charge them $75 and then he would just walk down there and remove the <laughs> frog oh my god and be like look it's gone listen I don't between know between this and the spaghetti business I'm very confused <laughs> about <laughs> this this time of the world. Doing notes for this was really weird. Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he even went, oh, this is really sad. Okay. Not sad, just sad for this guy because he's just a little dumb. <laughs> the frog escaped? What? <laughs> no, it's worse. So he once convinced a fellow arsenic ring member named Salvatore Sortino, who was called, quote, simple-minded, to carry an egg under his armpit for nine days and nine nights because a special egg would then hatch a devil. That's literally some Aeswong shit. Yeah. Or how, that's like, oh, eat a chicken egg and then I'll put my belly next to your belly and then you're a demon. Yeah. <laughs> or something, whatever that was. That was the weirdest story. Okay, got it. Maybe Morris was behind it. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. Because, and then on the last day, it gets worse. On the last day, Salvatore was supposed to walk around the gra a graveyard with, <laughs> with his arms outstretched with the egg under his armpit, you know, and then uh, sit in the basement and wait until the devil appeared. Okay. <laughs> I don't even have anything to say. I don't know. <laughs> and then he said, oh, I also used to chant Chinese incantations over Salvatore's socks for good luck because he would just get so excited about it. <laughs> Which is just so mean. I, I, okay. I, oh, look, my head's spinning in a million directions between the frog and the chicken egg and <laughs> praying over socks. Usually your stories go this way. Mine don't, usually. Um, so, yeah, so he's like, well, I sometimes, like, sit on trial. Like, this poor Salvatore's probably in the audience like, oh, no. <laughs> my lucky socks. <laughs> it's just really sad. So he would, like, do Chinese incantations that he probably made up uh, for good luck. It's just really rude. Um, so on February 2nd, 1939, the grand jury indicted Herman and Paul Petrillo, Stella Alfon Alfonsi, and Maria Favado. Uh, they reached the verdict only seven and a half minutes. Uh, wow. Yeah, real fucking quick. They were like, okay, we, I think we've got something They on heard that <laughs> egg story, and they were like, you're an asshole. <laughs> Herman and Paul were both sentenced to death by the electric chair in 1941, wow. 
and 15 others, including many of the poison widows, which is what they called the women who wanted their husbands dead, um, were handed uh, life sentences in prison. Um, Stella Alfonsi, whose husband Ferdinand was the one who was at the National Stomach Hospital. Oh, God, okay. Um, was actually not found guilty, or found not guilty. She just had a really great attorney, I guess. Um, and so when the courtroom, when the courtroom settled down, uh, the judge congratulated the jurors, um, and he said, <laughs> he's like, you made the right choice. You can see how mean and vicious this man is. You now realize that was the only verdict you could have returned. And then he sentenced Herman Petrillo to die in Pennsylvania's electric chair. Um, and then following... Ow! Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> following, <laughs> following the verdict, defense attorney, so uh, Paul and Herman's defense attorney, uh, stood up and apologized to the court and said, <laughs> I'm sorry, I wouldn't have defended him if I knew he was such scum. And it's like, it's like, that's not really how that works. Yeah, not at all. So he was like, my bad. And I think he just didn't want to look bad in like the newspapers, you know? I mean, because the new, I mean, it was crazy. They were like, uh, attorney apologetic for his hand in trying to defend right. m mass murder. I don't know. I didn't write newspapers back then. Yeah. But oh. If you can't tell. Or now. Or now, or ever. Um, so this is my. Oh, here it is. What does it say? Apologetic attorney. Right. Because I was like, this is just a weird phenomenon. Um, and I got this from Casey. Now. Do you know what that is? Okay. <laughs> so this is just the funniest thing I've ever seen. This is... <laughs> is wait, Casey's here, right? Yeah! Hello! I thought it said so in the email, right? So this is a <laughs> this is your 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 new friend Gritty, right? Is that who that is? Yeah. So that's Gritty back there, and this attorney realized he made a big mistake, apparently. <laughs> and I like how in front of this this guy just says hi on the piece of paper. <laughs> that's all he wrote. That's all that needs to be. That's said. his only notes. So I thought Casey. Did. <laughs> I did a great job with that. <laughs> it was pretty fucking funny. Uh, and I wish that this was what the story was about, but unfortunately, it's about the electric chair. But this is better. Yeah. More fun. Oh, yeah. I saw this picture earlier, and I was like, I really hope Christy fixes this one. <laughs> That's how I felt about the Zach Baggins picture. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyway, uh, upon the conclusion of the trial, investigators announced that they would exhume 70 bodies to examine for signs oh my of God, arsenic. 70? Yeah, and this is one of the pictures from the uh, paper. Oh, well, oh, I accidentally forgot to send it. It's fine. These are the mugshots of, uh, all, like, some of the people that they arrested. But there Yikes. were, like, pages and pages, so I just picked a few. Um, but these are some of the men and women... Um, there's Paul in the middle there. Jeez. If you can't see, he has a black eye. And I'm like, this guy just got into a lot of trouble. Um, and then up there is Maria, who was the one who was like the witch by her. Yeah. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, her fur. It looks like Linda's fur coat. <laughs> I know. Yikes. Um, My mom really made a lot of statements this weekend. <laughs> and we did not... We have no relationship. And then Christine and I almost played Pictionary. <laughs> yeah. 
we've had a busy week. Um, so, like I said, Herman and Paul were both executed in the electric chair. Um, before Herman's execution, he announced, Gentlemen, you are about to see the execution of an innocent man. And then a moment before the switch is pulled, he mumbled, I want to see the governor. And that, Too late! That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were his last words. I looked everywhere for his last words. And I was like, that was it? I thought it'd be something. At least he tried to get one last thing in. That's true. But like... They I were mean, literally like, well, we can't do that for you now. <laughs> Swear, sorry. It's a little <laughs> tiny bit late. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because a lot of the uh, articles and things at the time would mention witchcraft and said they were like witch doctors and cult leaders. But again, um, that was kind of invented by reporters at the time who were trying to get like a flashy headline and trying to make this like a dramatic case. And, like, it was already a dramatic case. It didn't need to be made much right. more dramatic. But a they, lot has already happened. A lot has happened. But they did add a lot of elements of, like, oh, this guy was in China one time, so he's a witch doctor. It's like, mm, that's not quite how that works. Um, but, like, ultimately, the whole point of this poison ring was money um, and insurance fraud. And it was later estimated that the group netted at least $100,000, which today is $1.7 million. Ooh. Yeah. Prior to the arrest of any of the members, so they got away with a lot of it before they got arrested, and it's estimated that they've killed any, that they killed anywhere from fifty to a hundred people. Oh my god! In the few years that they ran this ring, and uh, y'all, that's the story of the Philly Poison Ring. Oh, and who's this guy? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think I sent you the wrong photos. Okay, but, but look he at was. Piercing blue eyes. I think I picked that one. That was he's one of the he's one of the uh, mug shots. I hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But look, like I mean, look at that. Look at that hat. Oh, I just thought he looked like a cool dude. So, all I right. Just, and what was the name of this? Uh, the Philly Poison Ring. Philly slash Poison Arsenic Ring. Incorporated. All right. Wait, I got a horror scope. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't have. Uh, uh, Harris or, I'm sorry, not Harris. What the hell was his name? Paul or Herman. Jesus. Okay. Thank you. Mo I have Morris's birthday because I couldn't find the other one's birthdays. So Morris Bulber's birthday was, and he's the guy, Eastern State Penitentiary. He, his birthday was January 3rd. Um, and so he is a Capricorn. Capricorn. Just like Blaze. So, uh, here is the horoscope that I have for him. Have you been hoping to widen your social horizons, Capricorn? Start looking around because under this lunar liftoff, I don't know what the fuck that is, you'll find plenty of kindred spirits and potential collaborators. One excellent use of your energy would be to rally the troops and get some real teamwork going. Oh, no. Your spirit is likely to be contagious, and you can affect the environment around you more than ever before. Whether it's work, home, the dating scene, or murdering many people. Okay, right, I, right, I, right, right, I, I, right. I added the last one, but the rest were still pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, that was all too spot on. <laughs> so that is his horoscope. And that is the story of the South Philly Poison Ring. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! 
I feel like that was a very like fact heavy one, and I'm sorry. I feel like I, my face was in the paper the whole time, but like. I think my takeaway was that there was a, like, a job where you could sell spaghetti door to door. That was most. Imp- I know. A- after I said that, M's brain just went elsewhere. I was like, I'm locked into this story. Ay ay ay. But yeah, so I know that was just a lot of information, but I thought it was a wild ride. So yes, and thanks for staying on board. You didn't really have a choice, but thanks anyway. <laughs> And thank you guys for coming out. It really means so much that, like, Philly wants to, like, see us. And before we forget, we always forget oh, two we things. Oh, always forget. Shit. Okay. Tip your servers because they're great. Also, because it's a nice thing to do. And also, uh, we're selling merch after the show. Yeah. Eva's selling merch. <laughs> we're not selling merch. Eva's selling merch. <laughs> Um, thank you guys so much for coming out. It means a lot that you guys, this is our first like little leg to a very big tour coming out. And so we're glad that we got to test it out on you. So thanks for seeing us in all of our, in our glory. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying, but I'm just nodding. (laughs) And happy, uh, belated birthday to Giovanni. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. And that's why we Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com.